High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on this beautiful Sunday morning? Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord together? You know, King David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so that's exactly what we're doing today. Praise God. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, just like we always do. And we're going to be in agreement for the nation of Israel in Jesus' name, that, that we are seeing victory for them, and the Lord is with them, and that more and more people are turning to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together today. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation all for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to take a few minutes just like we always do to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a high five, fist bump, handshake, a great big hug. Make sure everybody gets some love today. Let's go.
Hallelujah. We've got a lot of announcements to cover, so we're going to dig right into those because, you know, we are at the most wonderful time of the year. Does anybody know that? I mean, Christmas season, we absolutely love it. Um, so let's get into these announcements here. Uh, first of all, parents, uh, if your children are in the Christmas play, uh, 5 p.m. today, uh, they are practicing for anybody with a speaking or singing part. 5 p.m. in Victory Hall, and then 5 p.m. Thursday, they're practicing again for those that have a speaking part in the play. So parents, take note of that. I think they're, you know, they're texting you and everything, but we want to make sure that you uh, are aware of all that, okay? And then who knows what tonight is, anybody? Yeah, it is our annual Christmas came early party. We do this every single year. And the word on the street is that it is the hottest ticket in town uh, for this weekend. So I'm just saying, you know, you may want to, yeah, yeah. So come on out tonight, 6 p.m. Um, everybody's invited. So every family, just bring a dozen cookies from your household, store-bought, whatever. Bring them in. And then um, the church will provide drinks. Uh, you are highly encouraged to wear an ugly sweater if you have one. And by the looks of it, some of you definitely do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a joke. It's a joke. That was a joke. Okay. And then um, there's a gift exchange, youth group through adult age, a $5 gift. And then uh, children is a $1 gift. And I'm telling you, it is a super fun time. So come on out tonight and help us kick off the Christmas season. All right. And then men's meeting. Do we have any men in the his house? All right. Yeah. All right. Men. Uh, Saturday the 2nd, 9 a.m., breakfast, Bibles, and bros. You know what to do. Come on out, and we will have some breakfast and some Bibles, and you got to bring the bros, though. we got to have you there, all right? 9 a.m., the 2nd. All right, and then girls' night out. Uh, ladies, you get two events this month, all right? So... Girls' Night Out will be next Saturday, December 2nd, uh, at the Rock Church in San Bernardino. Uh, our great friends down there host this every single year. And so uh, I know a lot of you ladies carpool down there and whatnot. Uh, so uh, they have a great big, huge, huge party celebration. Uh, they have a worship service. They've got vendors there. And they've got, I mean, they've got a bunch of fake snow. It's great. So they really do it up. But the tickets are $20 at rockchurch.com. Or I think if you the door, it's $30. So anyway, uh, if you're interested in that, see one of the ladies around here. And I'm sure that they can give you more information than what I can give you because I are not a lady. All right. Very good. And then uh, next Sunday night, that's a big weekend. Next Sunday night, we are hosting the Started in Me community-wide worship night. All right. So be here next Sunday night, 6 p.m. All the churches in Barso, you know, are invited. A lot of us get together, and it's just going to be a night of praise and worship. Uh, so it'll be right here uh, together with the other churches, 6 p.m. next Sunday. Don't miss out on that. All right? And then, ladies, the regular uh, December women's meeting will be Friday the 8th at 6.30, and you are to bring your favorite holiday dessert. All right? Does that sound fun? Any, are we bringing any good desserts that night? No? Cheesecake? Anybody? Cheesecake? Who thinks cheesecake is a very solid choice no matter what? Amen. Wow. I knew I was in a good church. I love you guys. That's awesome, man. Okay. So anyway, back to the, back to the announcements here. Uh, oh, here's a big one. All right. Uh, if you are an engaged couple, if you are a couple that is looking to get married, uh, we are doing a premarital class. 
All right. Usually we do this individually, but we've got so many couples getting married, four or five right now, that we are just going to do a class for all of you together at once. So this class is going to be... Uh, Sunday night and Monday night, December 10th and 11th, child care is provided. There is a sign-up sheet back there at the info booth. Um, I'm not sure the exact time, and I don't see my wife or Desiree, so hey, uh, we'll get it to you, but just sign up there. And then it is, uh, again, Sunday night. It's a two-part class, Sunday night and Monday night, December 10th and 11th. If you want us to do your wedding, uh, this is a requirement to uh, you know attend and go through this class, all right? Child care is provided. And then next announcement, we have a Christmas concert coming up. Laura Cook is going to be here. Amen. From Tulsa, Oklahoma on Friday the 15th at 7 p.m. And she came last year and just we had an awesome night together. Uh, So be here uh, the 15th at 7 p.m. And then here is a great big one of our big, our biggest day of the year is the Christmas service. It is going to be on Sunday the 17th. Who's excited about this day, everybody? All right. And so we are going to pass out the food sign-up sheet. You're like, didn't we just do that? Yeah, that was Thanksgiving. All right. Now we're on to Christmas. So, uh, The Christmas service is incredible. The children are going to do a musical performance and a play. And so uh, that's going to be one of the best things. And then, uh, of course, we're going to have Christmas dinner, everybody. Big old Christmas dinner, just like we did Thanksgiving last week. And then we will have a gift for every child and teenager that is present in the service. Uh, We would love to give them uh, something. And so make sure you're here. Don't miss that. Mark it on your calendar. Wonderful, wonderful day. All right. And then, man, this is the most announcements we've ever done. And I have to do them myself today. This is great. All right. So uh, Toy Drive for the Greater Hope Foundation is going on. Amen. And so there is a big old box back there behind Walter. It is gift wrapped. And if we're asking you to bring in uh, a new toy, it's for the foster agency, Greater Hope. And we want to make sure that all those kids get an awesome Christmas. And so we're chipping in to do our part. And then last but not least, this isn't on the screen. All right. But check it out. We do have a new HDWC t-shirt order coming in everybody so we've been asking about this for a while um here's the deal there's only 50 t-shirts and so they're gonna go pretty fast because people have been asking for a long time uh so they'll be in uh within the next couple of weeks uh we've got sizes adult small through 2xl and uh i don't even know what the price is yet but if you've been wanting a t-shirt from the church we do have more coming in they'll probably go really really fast there's only 50 so i'm just throwing that out there so you know all about it amen all right that is all the we have. That's it. Other than that, there's nothing going on around here. Other than that, it's very boring. So uh, if you are with us today for your first time or your first time in a long time, we would like to welcome you to High Desert Word Center this morning. Could you slip your hand up real quick? We have a gift to give you. Amen. All right. We got, got some over here. Got some in the middle. Yeah. Thank you for being with us. Um, they, they've got a, an info card in there. If you would fill that info card out and turn it in to the information booth right down there at the end of the service, they have a gift card for you uh, for some local coffee and a uh, couple other things in there. So we want to thank you for being with us this morning. Amen. All right. I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor do our Sunday morning tithes and offering. Who knows what time it is now? 
Yes, God loves a cheerful giver. So we get cheerful. Amen. Amen. It is happy time. I don't. I think Pastor Dave forgot to announce that the December devotionals are in. They're on the uh, info booth back there. They're free. Or you can, if you don't want a hard copy, you can look it up online and get in, and get it that way. But I just want to remind you about that. This this month, Pastor has written on Jesus and His wonderful name, so it's a good one for December. If you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hands and your ushers will be more than happy to give you an envelope for your giving today. Um, if you look at, if you've never looked at these envelopes, they're pretty cool because they have awesome scriptures on here that you can look up, that you can become familiar with so that you can develop your faith for, for your finances, okay? The Lord says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so... You even need faith for your finances, amen? So there's a bunch of scriptures on there, so make sure that you look at that. Well, today's uh, offering scripture is in uh, Luke 6:38. This is an offering scripture, not a tithing scripture. Luke 6:38, and in the King James Version, Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So you cannot outgive God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. And then you can bring your tithes and offerings on up here and stay up here and worship at the altar if you'd like. It's a wonderful place up here. You can feel the anointing better. Nice. Nice. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for bringing all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up here at the altar and let's worship together after you're done dropping off your tithes and offerings. Let's bring the fire God in here. If you start to feel warm in your body, that's the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord.
just like you did. Lord, we're ready for more. Bye.
possibly deserve. You are good and your mercy, it does, it endures forever, Lord. It's new every single morning. 
Lord. You are so faithful to us. And God, as we get into your word today, I pray that we would approach your word with humble hearts, Lord, with soft hearts, with ears that are open to hear what you're saying to us today. Lord, we know you are coming back soon. Uh, it's not just talk anymore. It's the real deal. And I pray that we would take you seriously, Lord, that we would take our own lives seriously, Jesus, and that we would be open to everything you're saying to us today. We love you and we praise you. Please have your way today. Say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done in the name of Jesus. We worship you today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can we say amen today? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, you can give somebody a hug on your way to your seat there if you want to. Just don't get too carried away because I know how you guys are. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to get into the message today. Amen. And so if you've been here since the middle of October, you know that we've been really discussing the end times uh, pretty in depth uh, for uh, about, I don't know, six weeks now, seven weeks. And uh, it's been pretty intense. We've seen a lot of things. We've looked at the rapture. We've looked at what the Bible calls the tribulation period. Uh, we've looked at a battle called the Battle of Armageddon and a lot of other pretty deep things that, you know, it surprised me. The more we talk about this, you know, I've had people watching online and, and talking to us like, man, what, nobody wants to talk about this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying this talking about it, but my boss is telling me to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. And uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the title of the sermon is called Judgment Day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just to give you a background, if you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will give one to you uh, to follow along with the sermon. We got the, the, the scriptures on there and some of the points that we're going to make today. But, you know, I, I've, I've said it this way. Somehow I must have in Bible college missed every class that told us what sermon to preach on what day because nobody in their right mind uses their Thanksgiving and Christmas services to talk about Judgment Day and the, and the Battle of Armageddon. Nobody does that. But, but, but it's what the Lord's telling us to do. And so uh, it's working. Uh, in the past six or seven weeks, we've seen about 35 people uh, surrender their lives to Jesus Christ at this altar. And uh, we've baptized 22 people in that time period and seen about... Uh, uh, 30 people in our spiritual personal trainer program. So what I'm saying is people are listening to the word of God right now. And we are seeing God do some pretty incredible things in this uh, in this time. And so as we dive into this sermon here, what I wanted to preach on today was something like Holly Jolly Christmas. You know, I wanted to really kick it off because you know how much I love Christmas. Uh, but we are going to be getting into some Christmas stuff for the next few weeks. Uh, but I knew the Lord wanted us to... Uh, uh, to look at at this portion of scripture today. So we know this much when we discuss something like judgment that who knows that the Lord is rich in love and he is slow to anger. Who knows that today? Amen. His love is beyond our comprehension. 
We know that. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, I pray that you would begin to understand the love of God, though it is so great that nobody could ever fully comprehend his love. And, you know, I've been following Jesus the best I can for a lot of years now, but I know that there's, there's just no way that I have uh, even begun to scratch the surface of how great the love of God is. And, I, you know, if you've been a part of our church very long, you know that 99% of the sermons we preach are about God's love and his mercy. And in fact, as I was thinking about, you know, I was writing this sermon this week and I was thinking about it. Out of 16 years of full-time ministry, preaching two or three times a week for 16 years, I've never preached this sermon. I've never really preached on Judgment Day. And so if you're new with us, you know, you should know that this isn't, you know, our, uh, our normal type of thing that we talk about. But as I've prayed about this and thought about this this week, you know, I heard one preacher say this, it takes more love to preach this sermon than it does to just preach simply on, you know, how much God loves you. And nobody wants to talk about this. It takes a great deal of love to, to talk to people about Judgment Day because you understand that people don't necessarily want to hear about this. And so we're going to look at there's, there's two judgments coming at the end of the world. One very specifically applies to those that did not live for Jesus. And the other very specifically applies to those that did live for Jesus. They were born again Christians and they didn't just talk the talk, they walked the walk. They experience a different judgment. And so we're going to break these two things down today. And usually, you know, I like to tell jokes and do stupid things when I preach. But today we're going to be covering some ground. So in the coming weeks, we can really, you know, discuss some other things. But I knew out of six or seven weeks of end times uh, preaching that, you know, we had to cover this. So uh, we got a couple of verses to open up with. Joel chapter 2 and verse 31. Joel 2, 31. Who's excited for the word of God today? Amen. All right. We, I promise we are going to have a good time. And, you know, as we get in to the, uh, the teach, we got a lot of scripture today uh, to cover. And as we get into the word of God, uh, this opening verse really uh, sets the tone for what the whole thing is that we're talking about today. All right. So Joel chapter 2 and verse 31 and I know that's not a book that you probably read every single day. It may be a little bit hard to find, but Joel chapter 2 and verse 31, it tells us that the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. It says that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. And so, you know, I'm like, well, which is it? Uh, I, I've never heard somebody, you know, you ever ask somebody, well, how was the food at that restaurant you went to? Oh, it was great. And it was terrible. What? What are you talking about? How was the game last night? It was awesome, but it was so bad. Like what? That doesn't sound like it makes any sense. Well, the truth of the matter is this, is that the day of the Lord that is approaching for some people, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I look forward to Jesus returning. I look forward to meeting Jesus Christ face to face. 
Why? Because I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. I have received the gift of eternal life that Jesus paid the price for my sins. Now, I've not lived a perfect life. I screw up. I do dumb things. And I, you know, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. But praise God, I'm trying my best to live my life for Jesus. Is anybody else with me today? Amen. Like, hey, you haven't arrived, but the ship has left the dock. You're further along than what you used to be. And then on the other side of this coin, it says it'll be a great day and it will honestly be a very terrible day for some people. And, and again, nobody wants to hear that type of a thing, but the day of the Lord, when he returns, according to scripture, it's going to be great for some. And honestly, it will be terrible for others that have refused to live for Jesus. And so I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go to the New Testament. And again, we are, we're going to cover quite a bit of ground today, but there's good news and there's some very serious news. It depends on where you are with Jesus. If you are living your life for Jesus, if you received him as your savior, and again, we know you're not perfect. We know none of us are perfect, but praise God, you're trying to be a doer of the word. You are living to Jesus. You have submitted to him. There's a lot of exciting times ahead of us. And for those that have, you know, chosen to not uh, receive Jesus or live for him. Uh, again, this is not a popular sermon to preach. Nobody in the, no church in America wants to talk about this. But we can't ignore the Bible. Who knows that? That you, you got it. You can't ignore the Bible. You can't just read the fun parts that make everybody excited and ignore the serious parts. Well, today's one of those days where we're looking at some very serious things out of the Bible that we just don't look at every single week. So Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 25. And again, we're going to go hardcore on you. So listen up. Hebrews 10 and verse 25. And we've read this verse a lot. It says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so what is that talking about? That's talking about, hey, you should go to church. Especially, you should go to church in the end times. It says, don't neglect meeting together like some people do. We're supposed to join together. We're supposed to assemble to congregate, to go to church. Why? So we can encourage one another. I hope that I encourage you today. And it also says, uh, and so we can warn one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now let's move on to these next verses because we read Hebrews 10, 25 a lot. We seldom go on to verse 26. So let's see what verse 26 says. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. You know, it's one thing to, to break the law and you didn't even know it was a law. You know, I travel, I go to other states and sometimes they have different laws. And, you know, I'm sure that I've uh, done things like, well, hey, I didn't, I didn't, my bad. I didn't know this was the law here. Can you have mercy? It's another thing when you know good and well what the law was and you chose to deliberately break that law, right? You know, one time we got pulled over in Indiana for going fast and we had uh, California license plates and, uh, and the guy was like, you do know what the speed limit signs look like here, right? 
I'm like, bro, listen, I, you know, I know we're on Interstate 465, but hey, come on. I wasn't really going 465 miles an hour. But, you know, I had to tell the officer, the speed limit signs are every, the same everywhere in the United States. We knew what we were doing. Write the ticket. Amen. <laughs> so, but it's another thing, seriously, when you know what the law is, naturally speaking or spiritually speaking, and you're like, yes, I do know what the law is here. I'm, I'm admittedly choosing to break the law, the natural law, or in this case, God's law. Well, the Bible says right here, okay, you know you're deliberately, knowingly choosing to break God's law. Well, there's no longer any sacrifice that covers that. You're going to have to pay the price for your own sins. Verse 27, for there is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Oh my gosh, this is in the Bible. Verse 28, for anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So under the Old Testament law, for you to get the death sentence, all it took was two other people to say, yeah, he did it. And that was it. I mean, like, hey, we've got two witnesses that said you did it. You have to die now. I'm like, whoa, my gosh, that is a very harsh law. That would be really hard. And I see people that want to live under the Old Testament law and stuff. And I'm like, why would you want to live under that? And you understand that there wasn't just the Ten Commandments. There's 613 commandments under the Old Covenant. And if you break one law, you're guilty of breaking them all. And so if you want to live under the Old Testament covenant... By all means, go ahead. Just realize it is very, very hard, and nobody could ever actually do it except for Jesus. He fulfilled the law. That was just free food for thought. Let's go. All right, verse 29. It says, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy on us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. All right. And so uh, we're going to cover, you know, some kind of hardcore stuff this morning that is simply not what, you know, we would typically cover on the first Sunday of the Christmas season. But who knows that God's word will set you free if you'll know the truth. John eight thirty two. when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so as we, we're going to dive in here, but God, you need to know God doesn't want to judge or punish any of us. But when we refuse to obey after he has repeatedly tried to get our attention and save us, it's the final option. He is rich in love. He is very slow to anger. I can testify to that. I have deserved God's punishment and judgment, and he's given me chance after chance. Thank God he is so rich in love. Very, very slow to anger, but he does eventually get there. And so when we knowingly refuse and reject God and his word. That means instead of letting Jesus pay for our sins, we have to pay for our own sins. And my blood ain't good enough to pay for my sins. I'll tell you that right now. The blood of Jesus is the only thing strong enough 
to cleanse me of my sins and pay the price for me to get into heaven. Amen. I don't want to pay for my own sins. I want to receive Jesus' free gift of salvation. Amen. All right, so there's two uh, angles. There's two different judgments we're going to look at today. The first one is this. Number one, it's called the great white throne. The great white throne of judgment. This judgment is where everybody on planet Earth that has rejected Jesus will go. They will go to a place called the great white throne of judgment. And so as we look at this, this judgment is not for born again Christians that lived for Jesus. They will experience a different judgment that we're going to look at here in just a little bit. And so this is called the great white throne of judgment. And uh, before we actually look at the actual verses of this, I'm going to kind of cover a little bit of ground to show us what the judgment of God might look like, all right? And so I know that any time you stand before a judge, it's intimidating. Um, I've never personally uh, had to go to court, though I did serve on a mock jury in college one time. That was kind of fun, but it was a fake jury. Uh, but I have stood with other people in court before, and it, it's intimidating. I mean, I'd be nervous to stand before Judge Judy, let alone the entire judge of the, of the whole universe. That would be terrifying to have to stand before God Almighty and argue my way into heaven and be my own attorney, be my own, you know, advocate instead of receiving Jesus and letting him do that. Now, in the Bible, there's a few spots where we see the Lord seated on his throne. Okay, and we're going to look at one of these here. Let's look at Isaiah chapter six. Amen. Isaiah six. And we're we're looking at some deep stuff today, man. Again, this is we're going some places that we've just never gone for together before. But there are a few spots in the Bible where we see the Lord seated on his throne. And when you're in the courtroom of God, it's either great or it's terrible. But there seems to be no in between. Now, Isaiah, the prophet here in the book of Isaiah, he sees the Lord seated on the throne. He has a vision of God on the throne and he recorded his experience. And it's very, very interesting. Isaiah chapter six, starting at verse one, it says, and it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe Filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And this seems to match up to what we see in the book of Revelation. Verse 3 They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. You're getting a picture of what it's like to be in the presence of God. Verse 5, and you would think that Isaiah would be like, this is awesome. No, it scares him out of his wits. Verse 5, then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. And I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Now, Isaiah was arguably a very good man. Uh, he had, from everything, he, he was a good man. He lived a pretty clean life and served the Lord. And this holy man of God, when he saw the Lord in this situation, we know he didn't see him face to face, but he experienced God at his throne. He's like, oh my gosh, he is so holy. I have to die now. I am filthy and I live around filthy people. It's over with. I'm doomed. Yet he was a very good man. And so why would he say this? Well, when you get a revelation of the love of Jesus, it will change your life. It changes the way you live. Not because you're afraid that the Lord's out to get you. You have the fear of God now. And that means that you fear insulting Jesus. You fear hurting Jesus. Get it straight. I don't serve Jesus because I'm afraid he's going to beat me up if I don't. He's not a bully. I serve Jesus because I love him so much. And I know the majority of you are the same way. You know, I, I don't go out and, and break the law. You know, I, I don't avoid stealing and fighting and cursing and getting drunk. I don't avoid those things because I'm like, well, I really want to do them. But uh, if I do, then God's going to get mad and beat me up. Uh, listen, that's one, you know, if that's your reasoning for obeying God, then praise God, at least you're obeying God. But the highest level of obeying God is because you love him so much that I, I don't want to do those things because that would hurt Jesus. That would hurt the one that I love more than anything in this world. But just as when we get a revelation of the love of God, it changes our lives. When you get a revelation of the judgment of God, that will also change your life. And Isaiah had already had a vision of God's judgment, and it's in Isaiah chapter 2. So let's look back there, Isaiah chapter 2. Again, I know this is not one of those messages where we're going to, woo, hallelujah, but it's okay, it's okay. Maybe by the end you will. I'll bet we can get some of those by the end of this whole thing. Isaiah chapter 2, and we're going to look here at a few verses. We're going to look at verse 12, and then I'm going to look at a few other verses here. Isaiah chapter 2. And verse 12, and here's Isaiah looking at what judgment will look like. It says, for the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. Yeah. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. Can you imagine that? That the people in this world right now that are proud and mighty and, and, and some of the people that are rich and famous, yet they... They scoff at God. They reject God. They, they, you know, they make fun of you. They ridicule us for our beliefs. Some of the richest, most powerful people in the entire world that everybody fears and, and, and exalts right now, sadly, they will be brought down at some point. And I'm not sitting here cheering for that. I just know it's the fact of the matter. And so let's look here, starting at verse 17. Human pride will be humbled. Human pride will be humbled. And human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Idols will completely disappear. When the Lord rises to shake the earth, his enemies will crawl into holes in the ground. They will hide in caves in the rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. On that day of judgment, they will abandon the gold and silver idols they made for themselves to worship. 
They will leave their gods to the rodents and bats while they crawl away into caverns and hide among the jagged rocks and the cliffs. They will try to escape the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty as he rises to shake the earth. Wow, (laughs) that's not very encouraging, (laughs) but it's the absolute truth. When the day of reckoning occurs, when judgment day occurs, people will try to hide, but they simply won't be able to. And so this kind of shines a new light on the phrase, only God can judge me. People say that like, yeah, well, you know what? Only God can judge me. I'm like, I'd like you to read Isaiah chapter two and then brag about that. Because the fact that God is the one judging you and not me is terrifying. I would rather, I mean, if it's going to come down to that, I'd rather get judged by everybody on planet earth than have to deal with that. Because what can their judgment actually do to me? Their judgment means nothing, but God's judgment is terrifying. People dive into holes. They try to hide in caves, but God can just pick up that cave like this and toss it aside and say, no, we're going to talk now. Like that, I mean, again, I don't like to preach like this, but this is absolutely the truth of the matter. The fact that only God can judge you should terrify you, not make you feel like you have a license to go live a crazy and wild life. And so in the end, it will definitely be God who is judging us. But it won't be based off of our standards. God's not going to say, yeah, well, Gen Z, we're going to judge you based off of your standards. The millennials will talk about yours, and then we'll just judge you based off of what your standard was. No, we get based off of his standards. The Bible, the word of God. And uh, and that's something for us to consider, isn't it? That, I mean, the, the, the majority doesn't rule in the courts of heaven. God rules. I heard a story about one time the famous Babe Ruth. You know, he he uh, he he struck out uh, looking at the pitch. He didn't even swing, and the whole crowd erupted in boos and oh, everyone was mad. And and Babe Ruth, he looked at the at the umpire and he said, "There's forty thousand people here who think that was a ball. Forty thousand people say that was a ball, not a strike." And the Yankee bench was getting up, ready to go out there, and like, oh my gosh, here it goes. And the umpire looked at him and said, that's fine. Let them think what they want. I have the only opinion that actually counts. Right? And so when we get to heaven and stand before God, you know, what are we going to say? Yeah, well, like, all of my Instagram followers agreed with what I said. Dude, I posted a TikTok video that got 9,000 views. What's he going to do? Wow, you know what? I changed my mind. 9,000 views. Okay. You know, I was wrong. They were right. No, he's going to say, good for you. I have the only opinion that counts up here. That's something to consider. You know, I saw something recently. There's been a social media trend about how often men think about the Roman Empire. Have you ever, anyone seen this online? And it turns out that a great percentage of men very frequently think about the Roman Empire. And I, and I had to examine my life and I'm like, I guess I occasionally do, but anyway, whatever. You know, and, and so women have been asking their men all over the place, you know, how often do you think about, and it's, it's been a crazy thing, but, but I'll tell you this much, whatever on that. Since October 7th, 2023, I think about Judgment Day every day. Every day. Why? Because it's very real to me 
that the puzzle pieces are falling into place for Jesus Christ to return to this earth very, very soon and call us home. Now, what I, what I say every sermon now is this, is I am not guaranteeing you that the rapture is taking place right now in this exact season, but I'm also not going to guarantee that it's not going to happen right now in this very season. We've got maybe like one or two more things to it that could be possibly even occur, and then it, it's definitely going to happen. Those things are set up to happen like, I don't know, today, tomorrow, next week. What are we going to do? And so we as Christians, I encourage us to not live our lives out of terror of our father. We've got a good father. But I know this much. I don't want to be doing the wrong thing when he returns. Ask yourself this question. I always ask this. You know, Lawrence and some of you guys, you know, I've talked about this together. Is the risk worth the reward? Always ask yourself that question. Is the risk of getting left behind worth the reward of doing this thing right now? If the reward of that temporary happiness is worth the risk of heaven, then hey, go ahead. But nothing that I've found yet is worth it. There's nothing I have found yet that is worth risking heaven over, worth risking losing my family over, worth risking losing my church over, or, or none of it, man. The risk is not worth the temporary reward of, well, yeah, it, it, it tasted good, it smelled good, it felt good, she looked good, blah, blah, blah. It ain't worth it. Guarantee you right now, it's not worth it. Is the risk worth the reward? And so this is on your outline. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone else is doing it. And right is right, even if you're the only one doing it. You know that, right? Wrong, just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean, you know, that it's okay for you to do it. It's still wrong. And even if you're the only one doing the right thing, it's still the right thing. And we know that sometimes in this world, you're going to have to stand alone and be the only one doing the right thing. It's the fact of the matter. You're going to, sometimes you're going to be the only one doing the right thing. But we know this much. God won't be swayed on his decision on Judgment Day based off of the majority opinion of our generation. He's not going to change his mind on that. And so I want you to look here at Revelation chapter 20. This is literally the great white throne of judgment. Revelation chapter 20. Amen. Are you still glad you came to church today? Okay. Amen. Praise God. The party tonight is going to be awesome. Okay. <laughs> Come for some holiday cheer. Amen. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 15. Revelation 20. And verses 11 through 15. All right. So this is the great white throne of judgment. This is where anybody who has rejected Jesus, maybe they acknowledged he was real, but refused to give their life to him. They refused to receive him. They refused to live for him. This is their day of reckoning. This is their moment of judgment. Revelation chapter 20, and we're going to look here uh, starting at verse 11. And this is what John saw. He said, and I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. 
The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I mean, people trying to hide. Creation itself trying to hide. He is rich in love. God's love is so deep. But let me tell you, when it comes down to him finally having to judge, it is not a, it's not a good thing. Verse, 20, verse 12, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened. There are records and books in heaven, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. One of the worst things about rejecting Jesus is you got to die twice. You die a physical death, and then you experience eternal death. As a Christian, we die one time, and then we experience eternal life. Think about that. And so, The scripture tells us, you know, Paul wrote it this way in Corinthians. He said, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Christians do not have to fear death anymore. The very worst thing that you could do to one of us, you know, is is kill me and send me to heaven? Kidding me? I'm looking forward to going to heaven. But it says right here that there is the second death. Verse 15, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And I mean, my gosh, what a hardcore thing to even think about and look at. But the truth of the matter is, is if you end up at this great white throne, it means you're going to hell. And it means you're going to try to argue your own case before God And I promise you won't win. You will not argue and win your own case with God. You will answer for everything that you did in this life. You'll pay the price for your own sins. As a Christian, I have sinned. You have sinned. But I've received Jesus. And he paid the price for my sins and your sins. I gladly let him pay the price for my sins. Because I couldn't pay that price. There's no way. Yet there's some people that reject this, and so they'll stand before God, and they they don't have Jesus there. They will pay their own price. And what's the price for sin? Well, it's eternal damnation. It's, It's separation from God. I would say that's the worst part about hell, knowing that it's never gonna end. There's no second chance now. And you're separated from God. Because even on your worst day in this world, there's some acknowledgement. There's some level of God here. Even if I can just look at the mountains and say, okay, there's a creator. If nothing else, none of that in hell. Eternal separation. There is not a single thing on planet earth that I am willing to risk going to hell for. Not one. I don't care what it is. And this is a very, very serious thing. We have to answer at that point and plead our own case before God. Matthew 12, 36 says that you'll give an account for all the words that you spoke. I think that our words 
carry a lot more meaning than what we think they do. And isn't it interesting that when Isaiah saw God's throne, I, I, I thought it was weird, like, why didn't you say, oh, man, you know, I'm a man of uncleanness. I'm a man that's done. He's like, I'm a man with filthy lips. I live around people with filthy lips. These people have foul mouths. What? He took it really serious. And then Jesus in Matthew 12, 36 says, I, I tell you, on judgment day, you will give an account for every idle word you have spoken. And so... I don't, I mean, I know a little bit about the Bible. I don't know everything, certainly, but I know this much. Apparently, God takes our words extremely seriously. Watch your mouths, people. Quit saying filthy things. You don't talk about it. It's 2023. Nobody lives like that. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what you want? I'm talking to you about it now, or you can talk to God about it someday. That's your choice, but. If you want to go around cursing and blaspheming and using the name of God Almighty like that, hey, go ahead, man. You, hey, it's a free country, brother. But you will stand before God someday and have to talk about this. If you want to go around making fun of people that God created? He's fat. She's ugly. She's this color. He's that color. He looks like this. Me this. Blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Swear. You will talk to God about it someday. Watch your mouths. I'm talking to me. I watch my mouth. It's terrifying to me. James said, wait a minute. So out of the same mouth comes blessing and then cursing? No, it doesn't work that way. It's one or the other. It's so serious that we understand that judgment day is a real thing. And I think that there's a lot of people with a false sense of security uh, that I come across. They're fooling around with sin and so far nothing's happened. You know, you ever like seen something, you know, a, a stove or something like, oh, wait a minute, that, that didn't burn that bad. Nothing happened. Okay, see what happens if I do this. And you know, you, you touch it and, and wait, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Well, for a while, yeah, nothing happened. But after a while, what happens? You get burned. You play with fire, you're going to get burned right? And, 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 and so every time we see a major world event take place, I see people get terrified. COVID hit, all of a sudden everybody wants to go to church and, and then the churches are closed. And they're like, well, that was bad. And so we opened our doors and the church filled up. And so people are afraid. And then like, wait a minute. Okay. Nothing happened to me. So I'm good. And they go back to playing in the mud. Or, you know, uh, uh, Russia invades Ukraine, and we're all like, hey, Ezekiel 38 kind of talked about this, and, and, we're, and we're starting to see, you know, Russia rise up. And we did this last year, in March of last year. So people start coming to church. They're like, wait a minute. Nothing happened to me. I'm good. I'll go play in the mud some more with the pigs. And then Hamas invades Israel. And then people are terrified and, 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 and going crazy. And now it seems like, okay, wait a minute. It's still bad over there, but I'm good where I'm at. I got my house. I got my truck. I got my kids. I got my job. I got my TikTok. I'm good. I'm good. I think I'll go dip my toe back in the mud. I think I'll go play with this fire over here. Well, you know, praise the Lord. You can do that, but I'm just telling you, you have a false sense of security thinking that the things that happen 
are never going to reach us, never going to reach you. Someday we stand before God, no matter what the case is. Um, and, and I want to look at one more thing here in Revelation 3, then we'll kind of talk about the more uh, positive of the judgments, shall we say? Revelation chapter 3, because it also talks about the book of life. I heard a story about an agnostic farmer uh, who wrote to the editor of his local newspaper. The, the newspaper guy was a Christian. This is a long time ago. And so he wrote to the newspaper editor and he said, in defiance of your God, I plowed my fields this year on a Sunday. I fertilized them on a Sunday. I planted them on a Sunday. I cultivated them on a Sunday and I harvested my fields on a Sunday. And guess what? I had the biggest crops, the best harvest that I have ever received before. How do you explain that? And I see so many people like, yeah, I know the Bible says this, but I'm doing this and I'm living my best life now. I feel great. Explain that. Well, the newspaper uh, editor wrote back and said, God does not always settle his accounts in October. Well, what does that mean? That means that you may not always pay the price right away, but you will eventually pay the price. And again, I don't like saying this type of stuff. I'd rather be preaching about God wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen? But, but we got to talk about this. And so payment day, judgment day may not like happen right away, but I'm telling you, it does eventually happen. There eventually is a day of reckoning. And so don't get a false sense of security and say, yeah, I'm doing this. Nothing happened. In fact, I'm happier than I've ever been. Well, it's coming. And I don't want to say that. But Revelation 3 and verse 5 also refers to the book of life that we just saw in Revelation uh, 20 a minute ago. Revelation 3 and verse 5, the Lord says, All who are victorious will be clothed in white. And so we see uh, repeatedly in the book of Revelation that the righteous people are clothed in white, in, in white robes. And it says that each one... Oh, excuse me. It says, I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. And so all who are victorious, you mean I stick with Jesus. I do things his way. My name never gets erased out of the book of life. Oh, yeah. I live for Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I stick with him. Jesus announces my name before the Father in heaven. Oh, yeah. That's what's happening. Amen. And so this gives the uh, inclination. This, this gives the idea that you stick with Jesus, your name never gets erased. Uh, but, but this does seem to present to us that it is possible for somebody to have their name erased. And I know there's great debate for a millennium now about, you know, well, once you're saved, you're always saved, no matter what you do. And you, again, there's great argument on either side of all of this. We know this much, that once you're saved, Jesus will never take your salvation away from you. You live for him, he, you're saved. Once saved, you're always saved. But it is possible for somebody that at one point was saved and lived for Jesus to turn their back on him and reject him and push him away. And Jesus didn't take their salvation. They gave it away and walked away from it. 
the very end of the book of James tells us that if we can get somebody to repent and come back, somebody that was a brother and they walked away, we bring them back, we've saved their souls from hell. And so there is evidence, there is great argument for the fact that it is possible for somebody to walk away from Jesus, get their name erased out of the book. That's a, not a very fun thing to think about. But we, we see this. We see people that at one point were living for Jesus. Now they curse his name and use it as a curse word. I, I'm sorry. I, I, that person's not going to heaven. Well, you're mean. Who, who are you to judge? Well, Jesus said uh, you know, in Matthew 12, 34, you can judge a tree by its fruit. So I may have misquoted that. Look me up on it. I may have said the wrong, uh, but it is in Matthew. And so you can judge a tree by its fruit. Somebody that curses the name of Jesus, somebody that, you know, stiff arms him, mocks him, blasphemes him. Nah, that's not a Christian. It doesn't happen. And so here we are looking at the great white throne of judgment. It's a real day. But on the positive side of this, if you have received Jesus and you're living for him, you are not going to experience that judgment that we just looked at. That's not for you. That's for those that rejected Jesus. What I want to look at now is number two, what the Bible calls the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Who in here, you know, and you're not ashamed, you would raise your hand and say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm living for him, and I'm not afraid of that. Amen? Well, This is where you will go on Judgment Day. This is where you will go on Judgment Day. So I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. What a Christmas message, huh? Who's in the Christmas spirit now? Bring those ugly sweaters out tonight, amen? So 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5. And verse 10, now this is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. This is referring to those that are born-again Christians living for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.10, I'm going to read it in the New King James. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or or bad. And so uh, in the NLT, I'm going to read out of there also, it says, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. And so everyone on earth will stand before God. You understand that, right? Sinners will go to the great white throne of judgment. Christians who live for Jesus will be at the judgment seat of Christ. And so this will be a time of examination and a time of reward for the things that we did for God. Jesus will inspect our works. Did we obey his word? What did we do with the resources that he gave us? Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And so some people are like, man, I wish the Lord would give me a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, cool. But just know that if he gives you a whole bunch of stuff, you're going to have a big old level of responsibility. If he gives you millions of dollars, you're responsible for doing good things with those millions of dollars, not wasting it on your own self. Amen. 
Uh, I'm just saying that it's fine if God is just giving you a bunch of resources. That's awesome. You're supposed to use those resources to bless people, to help the kingdom of God, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. We should want that. And so we're going to find out if we were faithful. And if we do the right thing, if we obeyed God, Jesus said, we're going to hear the Savior say on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Amen. This is not scary. This is exciting. And so the judgment seat of Christ is not a time uh, for sin to be punished. Jesus took our punishment once and for all. If you're a born-again Christian, you receive Jesus and live for him. I'm telling you, the price for your sin has already been paid. Amen. You're going to heaven someday. And so that's good news. Come on. give. That's all right. Give the Lord some praise. And so the judgment seat of Christ that we're looking at is a time when we're going to be called on to report, to give an accounting for what we did for Jesus. And so we just know the fact of the matter that, hey, you're born again, you've received Jesus, amen, you're living for him, you're going to heaven. That is the best news ever. You've got your ticket to heaven. But apparently, and obviously, as we'll see in a minute, that there are some people that do that. Praise God, they're going to heaven. But they don't really do much for the Lord here on earth. Okay, so that's, that's fine, you know. You, if your goal is to just skim on into heaven, well, praise God, you're there. Hallelujah. But then there seems to be another level of people that they've given their lives to Jesus. They got born again, and they said, you know what? I want to do something for him now. I, not, I, I don't just want to take it into heaven. I want to do something for Jesus here on this earth. And that is everybody's calling. Listen to me now. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online right now, you have a call of God on your life to do something for Jesus. No, no, I'm not a preacher. I can't sing. Well, that's not the only type of calling there is. You're still called to go out and reach people with the good news. We're all called to do that, every one of us. Yeah, but what if they look at me funny? They look at you funny anyway. I get weird looks every day. Uh, I mean, it's usually from the people inside of my own house, but whatever, you know. It's good. You know, I'm the weird one, whatever, but it's okay. Listen, if the worst that happens to you is you tell somebody, Jesus loves you. And they're like, if that's literally the worst that has happened to you, I envy your life so bad. You've got a really good life. Listen, everybody in here, God put something, a gift on the inside of you. God put a, a calling on your life. God gave you a talent, a gift, something to help somebody else out with. A lot of people don't ever tap into that. They never use it. They still go to heaven. They love the Lord, but they didn't really do much for him down here. Personally, I just don't want to live like that. I do want to go to heaven, but I want to take a whole bunch of people with me. I want to use whatever it is that God gave me to 
further the kingdom of God and bring glory to God in this earth. Is there anybody else here today that you want to do something for the Lord? You don't want to sit on the bench anymore? Well, this is on your outline. If we were faithful and obedient, then yes, we get rewards in heaven. We do get rewards. And like, you mean so we're, we're, we're saved by working for God? No, you're not saved by works. But when you do good works for the Lord down here, yes, there are rewards in heaven. I, uh, it's just the fact of the matter. I'm going to put these on the screen. You can write them down if you're a note taker. But these are several new, te- I think I put it on the screen. Maylee, can you, did I put that on the screen? Can you throw that up there, Maylee? I think I, yeah, there we go. These are verses, New Testament, that tell us that we will receive crowns in heaven. These are the rewards you get. They're crowns in heaven. Uh, and so, I mean, there's more New Testament verses that talk about crowns. These are the ones that I've found that definitely say, you do this for the Lord, you're getting a reward in heaven. There's a crown. So there they are if you want to write those down. Um, but these crowns that we receive in heaven are crowns like a king would wear here on earth. And so upon me re- thinking about that, I'm like, well, why would I want a crown in heaven? Jesus is king, right? I don't need to be walking around flexing with some crown. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know, why would I even want a crown in heaven? Why would I want rewards in heaven? Well, let's find out what this is all about. We're going to look at one more thing today, Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation 4, John has a vision of the worship service in heaven. Now, there's other places in Revelation that show us, all of us gathered around the throne of God, worshiping. But this is a pretty cool thing right here. Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 11. Revelation 4, verses 10 through 11. And it tells us, this is John just witnessing worship in heaven. It's an incredible moment. Who is looking forward to worshiping Jesus in person? I mean, right there. He, he's there in the room. Amen. And we know he's here always. I mean, the Holy Spirit is here in this room right now. I am looking forward to being in heaven with millions, billions of my brothers and sisters that I never get to meet on this side of things. But now I'm up there with them in heaven, face to face with Jesus Christ himself, man. Come on. Don't, if that doesn't excite you, man, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood must be wet. Amen? I mean, that ought to do something for you. Revelation 4, starting at verse 10, it says, The 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. This is an incredible thing to, to even think about. And what do they do? And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. And so, yeah, these verses are specifically referencing these 24 elders, but I believe when we get to worship at the throne of God, amen, we're going to do the same thing. And I think about it this way, you know, I wouldn't want to show up to a birthday party and everybody brought a gift 
for the guest of honor, amen. Every, everybody shows up with a gift, and then it comes around to me, and I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> Here's your gift. <laughs> me being present is your present. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> Uh, but I would feel kind of stupid. I would feel a little bit out of place if everybody else brought a gift to the King of Kings. And I'm just, th- I'm glad to be there. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather be there than there. But I'm going to feel kind of dumb just standing around and like, all you guys got something for Jesus. These crowns, these rewards, it's not for you so you can flex and strut and look cool. This is so when you show up to the King of Kings, You've got something to present to Jesus and say, I, I wasn't perfect, I did my best. You told me to go, and I went. You told me to give, and I gave. You told me to say it, and I, 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 maybe I didn't say it, but I tried, Lord, I, I tried. And, and there's rewards, and we get to lay these down at the feet of Jesus and just worship him. Amen. I don't want to show up empty-handed. Are you with me on that? And so... If you are at the judgment seat of Christ, your sins have been judged. Jesus paid the price. You're going to heaven. But wouldn't it be awesome to be able to hear Jesus say, hey, not only are you here, you did a good job down there. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on into heaven, man. I got something for you. Isn't that going to be awesome? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Praise the Lord. Did anybody learn anything today? Did anybody receive anything from Jesus? Amen. And so I believe it is very important what we do in this season of life while we're still here on earth. I don't think it's the time to just sit around living for myself anymore. I need to be living for Jesus and I need to be living to get the gospel message out to other people. It's very, very real. Listen, if you're here today and, um, I don't know, man, maybe some of this scared you. Well, you know, I'm not trying to scare you, but maybe you needed to be scared. Only you can talk about that. I don't know. But we know this, that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Nobody can get there on their own. Nobody. But the good news is this. Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 say that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And someone would say, yeah, I said that a long time ago when I was a little kid. Yeah, but uh, you got to believe it in your heart. Amen. And so the very greatest gift that we could give to anybody, and again, over the past six, seven weeks, about 35 people have said, you know what? Yeah. I need Jesus. The greatest gift we could give you today is to give you the opportunity to make things right with God. So maybe you're here and at one point, you and God were tight, you were good, but you know, man, maybe you kind of walked away. Hey, we're not here to judge you on that. We're here to build a bridge and say, hey, here's the bridge. Come over this bridge. Let's get right with God. Amen. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. And if you would pray this prayer, And mean it, all right? Not just, you know, blow some smoke at God. I'm talking about mean the words. You believe it. We can guarantee that you are right with God. And that on judgment day, you're not going to be at the great white throne. You're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ talking to Jesus. Amen. 
I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me today. Can we bow our heads? Can we close our eyes? Let's say this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? All right. Listen, this is Jose right here. He's coming up to the front. And if you're here and you prayed that, all right, and you meant it, what we want to do is we've got a, a, a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, and we will connect you with somebody, somebody else in the church, a mature Christian, that they're going to text you some Bible verses and a devotion every day, uh, some prayers that you can pray, and they're going to pray with you. If you want to talk, They'll talk with you and try to answer your questions and, and point you to Jesus. But the goal is, is that they will mentor you for a full 30 days. We don't want to just say, hey, pray this prayer and good luck. Hope you make it after that. No, we want to give you the best possible chance for sticking with Jesus that we can. There's currently about 30 people in this program. And, um, you know, I believe that this would be very good for you uh, to help you stay on the right path. And so I'm going to have my prayer team come on up right now. My prayer team. And if you're here and you're interested in a spiritual personal trainer, what you're going to do is you're going to go see Jose right now. Yeah, but someone might see me go and give my name. Jesus said, if you are embarrassed of me down here on earth, I'm not being embarrassed of you, my father in heaven. He said, if you'll acknowledge me on earth, I'll acknowledge you before my father in heaven. Listen, if you, the worst thing that happens to you is you walk over here and someone sees you you got to shoot your pride down. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. It would stink to get drop, not make it to heaven because your pride was worth more than your salvation. That stinks, man. That's awful. And so I encourage you, if you're here and you prayed that prayer, this is, this is the best day of your life. Go see Jose. Give him your name and number. We're going to connect you with somebody that can mentor you for 30 days and help you out. Amen. It's awesome. If you're here and you need prayer for anything else at all, Come on up. Our prayer team will pray for you today. And as always, I encourage you, if you don't need prayer, just worship God. But please don't talk and hang out and look at your fantasy football score and, and you know, talk about where you're going to eat lunch at. You know, be decent to Jesus. Give him five more minutes to work on people's hearts and work on people's lives. But please, you know, I, I say this all the time. We've gotten so much better. But please don't use prayer time as your chance to disrespect Jesus. Let's respect him for five, ten more minutes here while people come up and get prayer. Amen. Does that sound fair? That's a pretty fair deal, right? Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. If you need prayer, come on up. If you don't, pray for people that do need prayer. Amen.
Stand before him, 
ahead and start winding things down here when we got some ministry taking place. So we want to be reverent of that. And we appreciate everybody being here today. Hallelujah. I know it's kind of a very serious, <laughs> somber type of a, of a message, but praise the Lord. Yeah, it's, it's the truth from God's word. And uh, we want all of his truth. We want all of his word, not just the bits and pieces. And so uh, let's, uh, let's receive that today. And we want to remind you that tonight is the Christmas came early party. So we want everybody to be there. You are absolutely invited. Uh, we've got that information is uh, was on the screen earlier. But uh, again, just uh, six o'clock tonight, be here. And there's the gift exchange, $5 for adults and teenagers, a dollar for kids. It's going to be a really, really fun time together. And we'd just love to see everybody. Parents, if your kids are in the Christmas play, 5 p.m. practice for that. Amen. Let's go ahead and we're going to close in prayer and then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession. If you were with us today for the first time, uh, turn in that visitor card. Heather's back there at the back. She's got a gift for you, a gift card and some other great stuff. So we would love for you to receive that as a thank you from us. And uh, we just appreciate you being here. All right, let's go ahead and we're going to close things out in prayer today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God today, Lord. And we know as serious as, as this is, God, that yes, there is a judgment day that takes place, Lord, but as we are living for you, as we have received you, Lord, that, that we don't have a fear of this judgment, God, in that way. We know that we'll stand before Jesus and give an account, God, and we don't want to show up empty-handed. We want to be able to say, we did what you asked us to do. We obeyed your word, and we went and we told people about you, Lord, and we just thank you for uh, just, this is an exciting time and it's a serious time but lord help us to keep our eyes on you we love you and as we enter into this christmas season jesus let us do it with the peace and joy of the lord and uh, just let us to live our lives for you god we thank you we praise you in jesus name can someone say amen today amen all right let's do our barstow faith confession and then you are dismissed let's do this we declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.